PG-13 horror movie. Nothing wrong with the PG-13 horror movie. Was Rings PG-13? Yeah, it's PG-13. It PG-13? Okay. I wrote it down. I was so disgusted. I know there was nothing like interesting in the movie. Or anything like that. Oh, sorry. Hello, 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 everybody. I'm Pedro. And I'm Meredith. And this is Gritty Reboot. Guess what? We hated rings and we're already starting to talk about how much yeah. we disliked it. We, could, we couldn't even make it past the first few bars of the intro song before we started to get into yeah, it. Yeah, we're going to dump all over this movie. Straight up, the, the only compliment out of the way is it's better than Grudge 2020. I think the Grudge 2020 is still the worst movie that we've seen on this show. Yeah. Uh, I think it was the worst rated, too. I'm not surprised at that at all. Like I said, it, it was incredibly poorly reviewed, and it, it, it really earned it. It really earned it. And Rings was not much better, but at least it got the imagery of the series right? Yeah. Which is the biggest compliment I can pay it. We didn't have just a random guy in a plaid shirt just walking after our protagonist. Yeah. Making a croaking noise. This was, you know, we got to see Samara doing Samara things. So that's kind of neat. You know, and I mentioned that, too, because we have a, fr- a Friday 13th movie where Jason doesn't really show up in the movie. So, you know, it is important to get that part right. Some guys fucked that, that part up. So, so yes, today we are covering uh, Rings, which was 2017, right? Yep. 2017. And this was an attempt to uh, reboot this franchise as a... Uh, this is a requel. It, it is a direct sequel to the previous two movies, but... Uh, no one from the original cast is involved. I mean, it is just straight up like we're going to try to redo and just keep making Ring movies. Right? I think it's more of a, a sequel to the first Ring movie. No, it's a sequel to both. Having seen the second one, it does incorporate elements from that second movie. Hmm. I mean, it's <laughs> you don't really need that lore. The main element that you need to know is like they try to put Samara at rest in the first movie. And that's pretty much where the plot hinges on, right? Yeah. So, Or whatever the story is. So this movie opens up on one of the most ridiculous sequences I can truly think of. And in all honesty, it's a neat idea that Samara would come after somebody on a plane. Yeah. It is. Like, I thought about it like, this could be really interesting, but this is literally the worst way that they could have written it. And it's not scary. It's written by like a five-year-old who doesn't understand anything. It reminded me of the way this scene starts out, because like a guy just kind of sits there, I was like, oh. Haven't been sleeping well because I watched a cursed videotape. Like, what the fuck, yeah. man? And I'm not even like really paraphrasing, right? No, that's pretty no, much that's how it goes. Yeah, pretty much exactly what he says. And, and I was like, I was like, wow. I thought of this gra- gag in Futurama, one of its many finales, where Fry has to write a musical, and the robot devil is infuriated by his quality of writing. He's like, you can't just have people say how they feel. That makes me angry. And I thought about that line all the time in the script because people are just literally saying how they feel yeah. about things and what is exactly is going on at that moment in time. So, the, and listen, I know I, 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 I've got a comment that I'm, I'm nitpicking on writers. And listen, that, that's the element that should always try to shine, you know. There's no reason for a scene to be this fucking lazy. So, but let, let, let's, let's break it down. I'm sorry. Let, let's keep going down it. All right, we got two people on a plane. They talk, they're talking about the curse because we got to talk about it. He tells a random stranger all this bullshit about the ring. Yeah. And, and she just kind of knows, right? Yeah. She's, she's like, like, oh, yeah. I've heard of that. So uh-huh. I will say it could be like a neat little urban legend in the Seattle area or whatever. So I'll give that a pass, I guess. Yeah, it'd be like somebody would be like, have you heard of the Slender Man? But once again, that could be written a lot better. Like mm-hmm. this could be a really, really cool scene. It's, it's, it's almost more of a strike to the movie of how shit it is. The guy goes to the bathroom and he tells, and then the girl tells her friend about the tape. 
And she starts freaking out. She's like, oh, my God, I've seen the tape. Yeah. Yeah. That's, Meanwhile, the plane's going down. So she has her friend come back and her friend is like an expert. Mm-hmm. Right, it's like 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 they're just squeezing like an entire horror movie into like five minutes. Right? Yeah, they just happen to meet the one person like I've seen that I know, which can work in a movie if you build it properly. But <laughs> man, it, it it's almost like a parody. It feels like an SNL skit, but you know it, it all ends the same way. The timer reaches the end, the water's coming up, and he slides towards the cockpit, and Samara comes out to get him as it crashes the plane. I suppose. Yeah, there's a bunch of flies, and we're two years in the future. I want to say this. I feel I feel in my heart of hearts that this scene has been in like eight different versions of this Rings 3, Ring 3 screenplay. Like they had this idea all the way. They had to have a plane. Yeah, like we had this, this really cool idea so Mark could kill a guy in a plane. I don't know if the producer wanted it, but clearly it didn't fit in this movie. But no. this all had to get in there. So they shoehorned this terrible scene in there. And this was the trailer. By the way, so immediately you were like, "All right, I don't have to see that. Great, thanks for letting me know that." Yeah, like that's exactly what you got to know. So this producer really believed in that scene, and it's just awful. Yeah, it really super is super clunky. It, it might it it might be maybe one of the worst scenes that we've ever covered, just because of how cool the idea of Samara coming to get you in different places is, and the way this movie just fucks all that up. Yeah, but we we, we need to move on because we're at a garage sale. Yeah, a guy and a girl, they're looking at old junk, and they both spot a VHS player. A VHS? I'm sorry, who the fuck am I? They're VCRs. VCRs. They are VCR. It's okay, I wrote down VHS player, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, because that's how people refer to it, but they're VCRs, because we're fucking old. Yeah. I'm 40, guys. I can't be trusted. You can't trust somebody older than 30. You got 10 years past that. He takes the VHS player and tries to get the tape. VCR. Sorry. So, can, can we talk about MT Garden for a second? Yeah. Good uh, God. I, She's been rode hard and put away wet. I loved Amy T. Garden in Friday Night Lights. Yeah, she was all innocent. There was a great scene near the end of the show's run where she's talking to her college administrator and she talks about how much she hated that place that I can't remember the name of the town that's when she got there. And she gives a great speech about how much it shaped who she is and she'll never forget any element. A single tear running down my cheek. And I was like, she's really good. And I was so disappointed. Her career just didn't really happen. Yeah. She didn't really, she was on like a CW show. She lost a ton of weight to be in that show. And I, I, I don't really want to criticize an actress's weight. That's not really my place or anything like that. But it was certainly a noticeable change in her appearance. Mm-hmm. And it was concerning for some, but, you know, just the work was never really great after that. And, and you know, we see her in this scene and it's a little strange. She kind of flirts with the professor a little bit, I guess. And then they're just at home together in the yeah. next scene where he's, you're Game talking room. about he was messing with the VHS tape and she's just kind of there. So I was like, so did they come together? Did they, did he pick her up on that strength of that, the VHS flirting? So we don't really know. I mean, I guess it's not really important, but it's another mm-hmm. odd thing in this movie. We have no idea what their relationship really is. Yeah. So he stumbles upon the tape in this fashion. Yeah. He takes it home. He gets the tape out of the player. He goes, he does get it out and watches the tape. He gets a phone call and it says seven days and there's a weird thing with a fly and the rain upside down. So we get like this whole scene where he's against the window and the rain is going upside down. And this is the guy from the Big Bang Theory. Um, Normally I look up the cast names, but you guys know who I'm talking about. (laughs) I'm I'm not going to bother with it for this piece of crap. The thing about it is there's a neat idea here and another testament to what this movie could have been, I guess, but 
Like someone trying to research what the curse is, a way to reach the afterlife is kind of a cool idea, at least for a sequel to a movie like this. But like this movie doesn't like doesn't really go that way. <laughs> it's very it's very odd. So we now are having a plot that is similar to a short film that I showed you the other day that was on the, the Ring 2 DVD. Yeah. Where like these kids basically had the ring tape and were challenging each other to watch it and then pass the tape as fast as they could within seven days. That was a that was that was a neat little short. And for a short, the idea was perfect and it had the right momentum and everything like yeah. that. 17 minutes was good. This movie tries to kind of have a little bit of that idea, right? Mm -hmm. And basically what we get next is people getting exposed to this tape. Yeah, basically all that's the title card and we go on to the next. There's a couple in bed. Yeah, because we're introduced to our really lame protagonists. Yeah. I guess lame is really the way to put it. They're bland. They're, they're faceless. I'm trying to remember a character trait about any of them besides the dude is really, really pretty. I was just lost in his eyes at so many times. Were you? I didn't even I, notice I, him. I was, I was like, that is a handsome feller. I mean, he was bad. He stunk. Yeah, they all stunk. Yeah, there's no, there's no except for like D'Onofrio, everybody was really shit in this movie acting wise, which is very different than the, the grudge, oddly enough, 2020. But it just didn't really come across. I, I do like though, I think I pointed out to you that the shot of that girl's ass in the, her underwear made every trailer. Yeah. Every, like it opens the trailers <laughs> because they, they knew this was the only way they could maybe sell this piece of crap. So that is what it is, I guess. The guy's going away to college. He does this weird gesture where he gives her his shirt off yeah. his back. Yeah. To, so I guess he has a smell. smell it. Yeah. Ew. He's like, I ran two miles on that thing. That's disgusting. You wouldn't hold on to that if you weren't going to see me for months? You want me to hold on to a sweaty t-shirt? I guess not. Then. <laughs> I, I thought it could have been a nice gesture, but it, it, it didn't really work. Mm -mm. Didn't work. They don't really have much me. of a relationship. Well, they have no personality in, in what they're doing. They are split up at this point. They start Skyping. They get interrupted by a couple of college guys. So a couple of college guys come in while they're Skyping, and they're like, hey, come with us to this place, and we're going to go here. Hey, let's be super ominous yeah. and talk about something that could be dark, but, you know, what the hell? So it's just a weird bit of like, this is how this movie is trying to build some mystery. Da, 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 da. Listen, I'm okay with some contrivances. I really am. But this whole movie is like fucking contrivances. Mm -hmm. Like one lucky accident coincidence after the other, for Christ's sake. But I, I digress. So they, they do this and they pull him out. Yeah. And that's the last time she hears from him for a while. So yeah, doesn't hear from her a while. So obviously she forgets about her boyfriend and goes about her day. Doesn't do anything, right? No, of course. She goes to look for her goddamn boyfriend because it's really weird. He disappeared and hasn't talked to her, right? Yeah. This was one of my big complaints as I was thinking about the plot of this movie. It's like, why in the blue fuck, if he wanted his girlfriend to not get involved, did he say absolutely nothing and drop off the face of the fucking planet? Well, also, she's having some nightmares. Mm -hmm. Like, Oh, yeah, I forget. She has a Samara nightmare yeah, before she even has she the curse. She even sees the tape. She's having nightmares. And they're like, can we insert a Samara dream in there? She hasn't seen the tape. Producer's like, who gives a shit? Just put a fucking dream in there and get the movie to 90 minutes. Yeah, that's how this whole thing kicks off is she has a damn nightmare. And then she, she gets all weirded out and goes after her boyfriend. I mean, I know she has a connection to Samara and everything like that, but what the fuck, you know? She goes to his dorm and he's not there. She looks through some things, finds a cell phone. It goes dead and it's like blah, blah, blah. Well, I like his room is like a video game because it's just like convenient Evan. Like she's walking around like Silent Hill, oh, oh, picking up item after item yeah. that's helpful. Like this key hanging there. For some reason, I can interact with it. Wonder if it will be important later. 
as I was watching it, you know, she even like sees the schedule with like his class yeah. that he should be at circled. I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, why not just have a way marker like in Skyrim pointing where she needs to go? She is nosy as fuck. Too. She really is, yeah. Like, dude, she I don't give dump a fuck her. about her boyfriend's privacy. Yeah, no, she deserved to catch him in bed with like some other co-ed or something like that. Jeez, that, that would be more, maybe I possibly more. She goes to his class. He goes to his class. She looks at his schedule and goes to his class. And it's that guy, the professor's Gabe, Gabriel. Is yeah, Gabe, his name. the Big Bang guy. He, he explodes. So when she goes down to talk to the professor, she bumps into those guys, right? Yeah, they're, they're acting really weird. And they act like douchebags to her for yeah. no reason. I was like, you don't want to make her suspicious. You don't want her to call the cops and ask where her missing boyfriend is at, right? Yeah. Because the second the cops are going to come in there, they're and you know, like, like shit's going to get out of hand real quick, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing that's going to happen when they go in there and bust that up. All right, let's watch this tape, right? Yeah. You know, you have what the movie takes ninety minutes to get to, basically. But you know, it's ridiculous. There's no real foresight in like the story and how it would apply to the real fucking world. Yeah. Which I mean, I understand. I mean, I get it, but you know, it's just sort of whatever, I guess. Well, the professor's acting really weird, too. He is. He's acting shady as fuck. Yeah, and so she decides to follow him. Because he just tries to deny, right, that he even knows the guy. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it, it reminds me of uh, Into the Multiverse, in the Spider-Verse, mm-hmm. where it's like, play dumb. <laughs> Who's Mark? <laughs> like, no, not that dumb. Like, he's just like, I don't know. I've never heard of this guy. Oh, I don't know. We don't do anything. <laughs> it's just, you know, when he just could have been like, you just haven't seen him around. I don't know. You know, he was, a, he was a good pupil, and I just, I think he's been out. I was kind of hoping he might have been at home. And I, that could have diffused the situation. Instead, he acts like a shady asshole, so the story can keep going where it's going. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, this I mean, movie, it's, I, it's I even really wrote in my notes how ridiculous and stupid it, 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 might, it might be the worst script there, there we've had. Because so at least bad. The Grudge 2020 had those deleted scenes, which had some heart to it. Mm-hmm. So this movie doesn't have it. I mean, who knows? There might be a Lawrence Arabia cut of this bitch out there, but I fucking doubt it. Well, we get in an elevator, and this is where the key comes into play. She takes the key and she turns it into the yeah. She just the fucking elevator. She went through her inventory and clicked on every item till eventually one gave her the positive click, and then she's able to get to the seventh floor, which was inaccessible before. And there's a weird club of some sort up there. But first, she goes in there, and there's like a camera tracing her, right? Yeah, and it's there for no particular reason. Like I thought there was some payoff. I think it's just so people who are cursed can see the. The distorted effect on their yeah. face. But we don't know that. We never get a payoff. I just assume that. That's the only thing I can think of. But it is technically pointless. And yes, she goes in here. And instead of this being either A, a place where people who are studying this curse are doing real kind of research on it. Or B, like a sort of cracked out place where these guys are like addicts on trying to find out more about this curse. And the rush that comes from touching the other side or something. Instead it is C, a weird club. Yeah. The least like it's a weird club. How does this make any sense? Yo, homie, listen, uh, I got a great party going on tonight, man. Gonna be a real rager. There's a little girl. She comes out of the tape and it comes out your TV screen and she fucking steals your soul right out of you. But before then, we fucking party all goddamn six days. Like, what is the pitch for this fucking party? I know it's the most absurd thing. I, like. When I saw this, I almost wanted to pause the movie and go, what the fuck is this? This doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I feel like an art department guy just was like, hey, listen, what if we made it a party to kind of mix it up? And everybody was like, yeah, sure. Why not? And didn't really like stop to think about like, why would you party around a death curse? Yeah. You know, especially when it's Amy T. Garden is going to die. Spoiler. Fuck you. If you haven't seen this movie. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, 
it's a very serious thing. And the movie can go a couple directions with it. And this party is the least engaging thing they could have possibly done in this scenario. Mm-hmm. And I fucking hate it. Maybe I do hate this movie more than The Grudge. Yeah, I think you do. Yeah, maybe. let's keep on going. And let's see where I go with it. And the professor's there. So Gabriel's there. She spots the girl from the other day. And she goes. Amy T. Garden. Yeah. She goes with her back to her house. Yeah, yeah. One of the other guys who also recognizes her from class sees that she shouldn't be there. But he also doesn't do anything about it. Yeah. So, yeah, Amy T. Garden. She goes uh, home with her character. And basically, she's trying to get her to watch the tape. because. So the whole they have like a system that people are going to watch the tape for you. Mm-hmm. But it's apparently not well done. And considering it's a fucking death curse, you'd figure you would be pretty fucking spot on. But that's what you get for spending most of your time setting up the goddamn party. Yeah. They're worried about booking the DJ than making sure people didn't die of the curse of tape. Because he doesn't have anybody for her, anybody to watch the tape for. Her. Uh, the movie never uh, implicitly states, but you can tell uh, once you are cursed and pass it on, you can never be cursed again. Yeah. That I mean, that is right. Yeah. I'm not crazy, right? Yeah, because they're no. watching the tape after. Like, they're watching her tape and nothing happens. Mm-hmm. Well, they, they do both die. Hmm. But yeah, I, I guess you cannot be cursed again, technically. So you have to find someone new each time. It has to grow and spread. Yeah. More people have to know the word of Samar. So you just, we just can't like, like if I got cursed, I couldn't send it to you and you give it back to me. Yeah. That's not how it works. No. Be really easy to watch a cursed tape. Yeah, just sort of. We just have bad nightmares for one week. This is my bad week. This is your good week. I guess. Yeah, that'd be the way it would go. But that—that's what we do learn. So he has to get somebody up there, but he's in like no rush to get it done. Mm-hmm. So she has to grab this girl, and she's basically going to trick her to watch the tape. Yeah, but she's being really weird about it. She's being super weird, and she's being so weird that um, our main character locks herself in the bathroom. And starts listening to her freak out and rip the TV off the wall as Samara starts to come out of it. Yeah. Because her time's up. This is a, another strangely written sequence. Like, th- th- there's ways to play up tension, and this movie doesn't really do any of that. She's immediately acting like a weirdo, like you pointed out. It drives her into the bathroom where she can't really see anything. She just hears a bunch of yeah, stuff. Yeah, she just hears, and she can see Samara's outline, and she sees her through the keyhole. The bathroom door has a keyhole. I'm glad they in an old-ass building. The death is okay, I suppose. Oh my god, I forgot to write down her name. But the actress who played Samara does a really great job doing that spider walk coming out of the TV. Honestly, I think the most interesting thing about this movie was the behind- Bonnie Morgan. Ronnie Morgan. Thank Bonnie. You. Bonnie Morgan. Yeah. Thank you. I'm sorry, Bonnie Morgan. Bonnie, you did a fantastic job. You were probably the best legitimate performance in this movie. And I, I wanted to mention, I'm very sad I didn't write it down. And I, I want to, I hope I'll make a clip out of this for TikTok or whatever. But people got to pay respect to the guys who are the silent killers out there. Mm-hmm. You know, your Kane Hodders, you know, the people like that. Obviously, Robert England got to shine as Freddy Krueger, but there were a lot of other guys who go behind these masks and faces can't be seen and have to do great stunt work and emote with just their bodies. And I think Bonnie does a fantastic job in this. She really gives her an, an ethereal feel, and the way she's able to contort her body makes her just feel yeah. like I, I, I love everything about how she moves. She is fantastic and just deserves more praise. Cause honestly I have to give some compliments somewhere. And so I'm going to give them where they, they deserve. Great job, Bonnie. Yeah, absolutely. She was great. When she gets got by Samara. Um, the main character comes out and finds a crazy lady and she's all gross from the, yeah, crazy. she has the standard American ring death look. She gets out of the apartment and right into her, her bow's arms. Which is his yeah. name's fault. Yeah, because he was the one that warned her. Because she had Amy T. Garden's phone, 
and was texting him. Mm-hmm. And he tells her not to watch the tape. And which I was like, well, what about Amy Teagarden? Like, you just have to find whoever to watch the tape for her. She's going to die. Why does nobody care about her character? Yeah. Like, I remember when he did that, I was like, no, 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 she, she's going to die in like five minutes. You can find someone to watch the tape for your girlfriend. You can figure that out. But someone needs to save this girl. And my favorite part is like, like her her boyfriend comes for her, they embrace, and then the dude gets there like five minutes late. Yeah. Oh, press it up, so let's watch a videotape. Like, the timing was really important, man. I guess it's played for like a joke, but it's not really funny, right? They talk about the curse and why he got involved, blah, blah, blah. And then she w- ends up watching the tape for like the dumbest reason ever. Yeah, so she can tell like he is suffering from the effects of the tape. And she just decides, like, I'll take your suffering away, my man, right? Yeah. And she goes and watches the fucking tape. And we notice that the tape has new footage. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they draw attention to it. There's some new poorly shot stuff that they added in there. And so he is free of the curse at this moment in time. Yeah. So now she's fucked. So they go to professional, Professor Gabriel's house. Yeah, because they want to get his runner or follower. I forget what, they, what term they use for it. Like, they're trying to establish a lore, and it doesn't really give a shit about it. He's real cool with all the students, I guess. Yeah, I guess. He's, you can tell he's, he's banging some students. It's whatever. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, so it, it, they, they go over to his place, and they're like, listen, we're going to set all this up for you. But then she tries to copy her version, and it, it won't copy. Yeah. They find out something fucky with it. They, it's a little bit longer, and it's a little bit bigger. And so they explore it, and they find the new extra footage of the bird. Mm-hmm. And there was a scare earlier with her seeing the bird in real life. This yeah. is a cliche for these movies. Yeah. You are going to see the images from the ring in real life. And this movie doesn't really, the ring by Gore Verbinski set up those brilliantly. Really? Like you moved into a, a situation. Bam. There was that image. Like, oh, I see it. Right. Like that. That's how it was. And that we like, Oh, it's, it's from the tape. Like that's how it was. Like when she's in the house and like Naomi Watts, it's a great reaction shot of her. <gasps> she stops and freezes. And then we do the reverse shot. It's the mirror. Yeah. And that, the scare is her face. That's what lets us know there's something really bad on the other side of what she's seen. Yeah. And this movie doesn't do those little things. You know, you have to have those little moments to make that mean something. And it's just kind of like speed running through images on the tape as quick as it can. I just wanted to bring that up as we got the first one out right there. They watch a different version of the tape. Only she can apparently see. Professor gives them all his research and says, and basically he goes away. And this is the point where we're supposed to like really care for Samara's origins. Yeah. This is what this movie's about. Samara's origins. Yeah. This ends up becoming like a ring zero kind of pic, Ringu zero kind of picture, which is another Japanese film. And is sort of, it's not similar at all, but it, it is the same thing. We're looking at the origins. Uh, they took a much better angle than this movie does. So, but yes, it is interested in trying to follow in on that. They end up going to stay at this weird old house, and the manager acts real crazy. Yeah, yeah. They go to the church, which has been shut down for a bit. They go to the cemetery. Yeah, because we have a little bit of the small town cliche that everyone yeah. there is kind of loony and somewhat mysterious, somewhat evil. Yeah, and like it, 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 it is what it is, I guess. And yeah, they head down to the cemetery. Meanwhile, we're back with Professor Gabriel. Mm. He gets epiphany. He tries to get a hold of Holt and Julia. He takes a look at, how does he have a picture of a burn on her hand or something, right? Yeah. Because that's the whole gag, right? He understands. That yeah, it's in Braille. Braille. Yeah. It's in Braille. Yeah, that's the joke, people. It says rebirth. But yeah, he realizes that, but doesn't say it. 
He just says, I have to talk to you about something. Yeah. I can't say what that something is. That would be far too convenient for you in the plot to learn at this moment. We have to have more obstacles. So I won't tell you just yet. See you soon. So <laughs> that's where we're left at with that one. He gets in his car and takes off to storyline A. Yeah. We're back at the cemetery. And they find some Samara's Samara. Well, I don't know what I guess you call her Samara in this? Samara, yeah. Samara. Yeah, Samara. Yeah. Samara's supposed grave. And she gets trapped in the grave. Yeah, they just bust that bitch open and they dig inside there and she follows some writing on the wall. Yeah, and she has a a, a ring dream. Yeah, she will find you, Julia, is written on the wall. Yeah. And they get caught and taken to Vincent D'Onofrio's house. So this is where D'Onofrio comes in. And D'Onofrio cashing a paycheck, but he's a pro. He does a fantastic job. I mean, he's technically the best performance in the movie, even though I did point out Bonnie earlier. But he does a good job with this dialogue. The dialogue isn't great. He does a much better job of something like Sinister, where he mm-hmm. shows up to just be exposition man. Sure, it's just exposition, but it's creepier than what he, what he has here. I thought all this bullshit really brought the movie down. Oh, you mean where they just talk on a table for like yeah. 10, 15 minutes? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was fucking thrilling. That's yeah. exactly what I wanted to see about a backstory I don't give two shits about. I don't give a fuck where Samara came from. I want to see what the curse can do. And then Daniel talks about how he got blinded. He's blind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gives a shit? But the thing about it is, like, there's an interesting idea in this movie. And, and you may not necessarily like it being kind of sci-fi about studying the curse. But it's at least something a little bit different for the franchise. Mm-hmm. And this movie just sidesteps that sort of gives of the Heisman at, like, the 45-minute mark. And takes off down what is basically... A retelling of kind of the first movie's stories, right? Yeah. Like you're going to study the images on the tape to find the backstory of Samara. And I just find that really frustrating because yeah. like you leave what could be a neat idea away and then you're in a turbo telling of the first movie. And that's what it is. Like we are just like speed running through that film basically. Yeah. And it certainly doesn't help you get any connection with the characters or feel anything for the story. Julie and Holt are in a car and they stumble on an accident and Julia gets out of the car because she thinks she sees a ghost. She ends up watching a guy she electrocuted after a transformer comes down and hits the car, nearly killing Julia. This whole sequence is once again not laid out in any kind <laughs> of it's, it's not First of all, it's not realistic in the least. I'm not asking for everything to be as realistic as possible, but don't strain the limits, limits of credulity to just incredible limits here. Yeah. like. They're trying to clear off this area, right? These cops. The, the, you know, where the accident's at. Yeah. And at no point do they want to go down and check the car that had the actual accident and see the body inside and confirm that it as indeed a body and not a victim, someone who was still alive. They don't do that. So our protagonist has to do whose name I already forgot again. Julia. Julia. Julia Gulia. She runs down. And she has to try to like save the day just so we can have a scare, right? Mm-hmm. It's so ridiculous. And like they don't even care about like trying to save this guy. They were like, well, you know, he ran off the road himself. It serves him right. Yeah. <laughs> like That's the whole idea. They're like, well, if he hadn't done this, I would be watching a baseball game right now, the jerk. Like it's just it, it, like it's not even realistic in the least. And it's just another absurd, stupid little thing about this movie. To mention, she sees circles, circles everywhere. Rings, rings, rings. rings. You, you see the ring before you die. Did you know that? Yeah. Did you hear that? Okay. Yeah, you see a bunch of rings. Got it. Holt is talking up the one hotel manager while Julie is breaking into the church. She's in the basement looking around, and she looks like someone has kept, maybe the, the priest kept some kind of captive there. 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, those show signs that somebody there's like there. bondage. Bondage. There's people there whipping there's... each other. There's a guy getting his balls stepped on. It's it's no, not that wild kind of stuff. Oh, sorry. Not sexy bondage. Not sexy bondage. Evil bondage. We want to be very clear. This yeah. is evil bondage. This is like prisoner bondage. Prisoner bondage. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I'm gonna type in prisoner bondage into Pornhub and see what I get. You're gonna get some nasty stuff, I bet. So the priest has kept somebody captive. Then we get a flashback. A flashback? Or a flash forward? I guess. I don't we know. We don't really know. Yeah, it's just a flash. Yeah, I, I wrote flash forward question mark. <laughs> that's an accurate note. Yeah, that's an accurate <laughs> note by you. Yeah. And Julia looks like in a cell and she reads all the writing on the walls and she thinks she knows everything. She goes to Vincent D'Onofrio's house. She tells him that Evelyn is Samara's mother. And he starts acting weird. Yeah, yeah. Weirder. Yeah. We're, weirder than normal. Mm-hmm. So. He starts hamming it up, which is fine. I, I do enjoy this bit. He does a nice job hamming it up. He grabs her and pins her head to the table, but he's still, he's still blind, obviously. So she gets out of his way pretty easily. Turns out he's the priest. Yeah, indeed he is. It was him all along. That's right, guys. The most notable actor in the movie ended up being the bad guy. What a shocker. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, old Ebert's The Economy of Actors is not even hidden at all in this movie. There's not a single name actor in this thing. And the only guy who was even kind of recognizable was killed off pointlessly. Mm -hmm. So here we are. He goes off after her and she gets away, pushing him down the stairs. She continues to hunt for clues on what's relating to the curse, basically, Mm -hmm. while she's doing all this. Meanwhile, yeah, she's trying to grab exposition while in a chase scene. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> We're back with Holt yeah. as he tries to save Julia. And he gets hit in the head by Vincent D'Onofrio. He's no match for a blind man. Yeah. This guy's fucking worthless, by the way. One of the worst boyfriends in a horror movie I can mm-hmm. think of. Yeah, he does nothing of any value except get his girlfriend in danger. Yeah. D'Onofrio catches up with uh, Julia and he starts strangling her. And then Samara comes in and kills him. Yeah. His, uh, his death is kind of neat, you know, because his whole thing was like, she can't haunt me because I can't see her. And then like, she just makes that motherfucker regrow his eyes. Yeah. And the last thing he sees is the ring. Pretty cool. I did like that. Like she gives him the eye and then he ah, falls down. Yeah. It's uh, I, I like that. I really did. So that's like the one death I liked in this movie. They burn her bones. They burn her bones. They burn her bones. And we're back at home. Julia takes a shower. She's peeling off like chunks of skin from her burnt hand. Yeah. Because we did forget to mention that did happen at the very start of this adventure. Mm-hmm. The well, She got a phone call and it burned in her hand, that braille. Yeah. And that was one thing that was different in the curse. And we mentioned that at the time when we watched it, but we didn't bring it up early in the film, but it did occur. So, and that is braille that says rebirth. Yeah. Lame. And so that's the whole thing. So the. While she's slowly ripping away and like Samara's like facing it, he's like, what does it mean? And he's going to like the universal Braille translator and like typing in all the dots. R, I, like they're really milking this out. And it's like, he doesn't even finish the word. Samara has to do it like magically mm-hmm. at the very end. And she's on, like she's possessed his computer, I guess. Why not? Right. She's possessed his computer and she's just like copying the tape over and over again yeah. and like sending it to everybody. She's got a new power. She can multiply the curse herself. Yeah. So, which I guess she can do if she's alive. She's not really alive just yet. Either way, th- that's how the movie ends, and it's not great. 
Yeah, it leaves it open, like, yes, for a shitty sequel. This movie did so poorly at the box office, I believed uh, Paramount actually wiped, like, three other horror movies off the slate because this movie bombed so hard. There's a Friday 13th movie in that, too. Wow. A sequel to the reboot got canned because this movie did so poorly. I don't really know how that works besides studio exec logic. All right. So here's some trivia. According to the special effects makeup designer on the film, Arjun Tutin, it took about six and a half hours to complete Samara's makeup, and her costume featured a water rig under the dress that allowed the character to constantly be dripping water. To become Samara, it took Bonnie Morgan over 45 special makeup appliances, including the wig and special contact lenses. The cicadas, a plot element not featured in the first two films, is a reference to the Japanese myth of the cries of a cicada, which was a bad omen for tragedy that was about to strike. That's it. There That's was cool. not much interesting stuff. There was facts, but I'm saying interesting. Is no, the key I, word I, yeah, no, I feel you on that because I've done it before too. Where I'm like, well, it's not really interesting to know that they shot in like Louisiana, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't, that's not really something I care about. Uh, is interesting though. Uh, this was a $25 million budget of film uh, worldwide. It did bring in around $83.1 million. But I did want to mention this movie had a massive marketing campaign. They really thought they could push this through to being like a big movie. Like they wanted to make $80 million in America, not worldwide. Yeah. So th this really wasn't the kind of film that they were looking for. So the kind of hit that they wanted out of this franchise. So they just shelled the whole thing. Well, the less more we say about this movie, the better. Yeah. You ready to move on? I guess you were. So now we have Sadako versus Kayako, the grudge versus the ring. Mm -hmm. This is a Freddy versus Jason style kind of romp. Yeah. And I had low expectations. Me too. And the movie came in above them. Yeah. But not by a whole lot. But it did come in above them. I did enjoy the movie. It's not as good as something like Freddy versus Jason. The movie is cheated by some laughable ideas and also by a very limited fight sequence. Yeah. I mean, I understand. You know, two cursed ghosts, so how can that really happen? But they could have been a bit more creative. The fact that it happened at all is amazing. Yeah, like, listen, I just, I either wanted more absurdity or less absurdity. And the level of absurdity was not where I wanted it to be at. Is that an absurd request? Well, this movie came out in 2016. So it's kind of a recent movie. We start off with a woman who goes into that house. Oh, you know that house, the cursed house. Yeah. And calls out and she sees Miss Yasu and kind of is like, why didn't you answer? Yeah. And she yeah. opens this door and there's no one there. <laughs> she opens another door and there's a TV on and a dead woman with a cord wrapped around her neck. Yeah. So we're already getting into a sort of standard haunted house grudge stuff. Yeah. So The TV comes on and Sadako is standing behind her. Yeah. We jump to a man lecturing about the cursed tape and Sadako. So this is an, one of the movie's more interesting characters. Uh, first off, I love that he takes the time to promote his self-published book. Yeah. Like he just, like he just, he just inserts an audible ad. He's like, right at the start book. of his podcast. He's like, right at the start of his lecture. He's like, so before we start talking about physics, physics today, let me let you know, you should really consider pet box for all your pets need. Like he just goes right into it. And I dig it. 
But he lets us know all the information we need to know about the Cursed Tape because kind of much like the later later Jason sequels, this movie is sort of off-brand, right? Yeah. Like the curse is not the same. The tape is not the same. Uh-uh. It's a two-day curse now instead of yeah, a seven-day curse. The grudge stayed fairly the same. Yeah. But oddly enough, the, the ring was changed a little bit. I wanted to look into it, but I couldn't find great resources necessarily in English. But I, either way, they, they changed it up. But it does make more sense for this movie's story, I guess, for the grudge, for the curse to occur in two days, not the grudge. We meet our, some of our main story characters here, Yuri and Natsuma. Natsuma. They're students at his lecture. Yuri fall, nearly falls asleep in class. Which I like. I like Yuri. Yeah. And then we bounce to our another, another character that we're going we're to be with, Suzuka, who she's watching movers move into a house, which is next to the cursed house. Yeah, yeah. And so even though there's a big sign that says keep out, that's not yeah, really it's, work. it's like got, it's all bound up. The gate's all bound up. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. like wire. Yeah. She gets a weird vibe from the house next door. And then we see, she goes up to the, the gate of the, the house and we see Toshio. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, in case you, you didn't miss him in the background, like the camera, like they do it like a post zoom right in on Toshio. So you yeah. know that he's there and it's the grudge house. So it's very fucking clear. Yeah. And then we're back with Yuri and Natsuma, and they're looking for a VHS player. VCR. Or VCR. Yeah, they're, they're looking for a VCR, so they head down to like a thrift shop, I guess. Mm-hmm. She takes the VCR, and she hands it to her friend, and she comes up with some hair, which is gross. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the curse is already starting. Just, yeah. just extra uh, Sadako hair just falling out of the, the VCR. They take it home, and there's a tape in the VCR. My God. They play the tape. And I love this, because it's Yuri, right, who just, like, they start the tape, and she gets a text, and she never looks back up again. No. Yeah, and so the other girl, uh, Natsumi? Natsuma. Natsuma. She watches, like, the whole thing, and her time to watch, Yuri's like, all right, let me just add an emoji. Like, she just does not care. Like, she looks up at the end, like, oh, let's rewatch it. And then that's when her friend lets her know that she thinks it's the curse of tape. Yeah, she's like, this has got to be the tape that the professor has been talking about. <laughs> I, I think it's probably the, the hardest I really laughed in the movie, because I thought that was such a legitimate thing that you would inadvertently, your ADD would save you from... <laughs> From a death curse. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, shot of a well. Boring. <laughs> yeah, because not soon after. Yeah, you have to watch the whole thing. Natsuma gets a phone call. And you don't, like, Sadako doesn't mess around. You yeah. immediately see her. Yeah, in this version, she's, like, right there in the room, ready to, like, boom, give a jump scare, and, and then hop out. Yeah. But she's in turbo mode. So she's, she's got to get shit done in two days. She's got to add in all that scaring. We bounce back to Keiko, who is the girl who works at the thrift store that they got the VCR from. And she's talking to her family, what I guess is her family or just the shop owners, about selling the cursed tape in the VCR. And then Keiko starts acting weird and she goes to a very high spot in the warehouse they're at and jumps off. Yeah, this is a little weird to me because she's only like, what, 15 feet off the ground? Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last week in the grudge or a couple weeks ago in the grudge when Bill Pullman jumps off. It's like, you don't have a, you don't really know if that'll kill you. You'd just be horribly maimed from that. And this was even worse in my opinion, because it's not that far fall. I know it's on the concrete, but it's still not that far fall. Yeah. She just could have really busted herself up and not really died. It was uh, a little, a little odd, I guess. Yeah, she 
obviously there's a big old pool of blood. So she's yeah. The movie wants to stop. No, she's dead. She's like they really dead. overdo it to to compensate for what I just criticized. Mm-hmm. We're back with the uh, Suzuka, and she's talking with some students about Kyoko. She gets her tarot card red, and it's, it's all not, bad. It's not good. Yeah, it's, it's literally as bad as it could be. They're like, this is the worst possible reading you could ever have. And they warn her about the curse. Yeah, yeah. Yuri and Natsuma go visit the people that sold them the v- VCR. That's when they inform her of Keiko's death. And that's when they know, like, 100%, like, the shit is real. Yeah, Natsuma yeah, starts I mean, freaking out. I think Natsuma was already, like, 80% on board. Yuri was not. Yuri's on board at that moment. So they're all, they, everybody's all in at that point. So that's why they have to go visit the professor. Yeah, they go visit the professor. Because he's the only guy that can help them, theoretically. And then he goes to watch the tape because he's, like, sexually attracted to yeah. Sadako. I, I, he wants to put his dick in this tape. Yeah. He wants that tape to put his dick in him. Yeah. <laughs> he, does. he wants yeah. bad things. Like, like he, he is all about it. And so he watches it. And, and in his fervor to watch the tape, this dumbass lets Yuri hand in the tape when it should have been Natsuma. Yeah. Because then the curse would have been passed on and she would have been okay. Yeah. But this idiot doesn't think of that, so they don't get to save somebody. Jackass. Yeah, and he just watches the tape. For no reason. So he's cursed too. He gets a phone call and he's kind of excited about it. Yeah. He's thrilled that, that he's going to die in 48 hours. Yeah, he, he really I do like that. that he's just like generally like, well, he's like yeah, this, 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 I was hoping this my whole life. Yeah, died in two days. <laughs> yeah. Like he, he really is pleased as punch. It's, it, 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 he is a fun character if he is an idiot. They start brainstorming ways around the curse. And then we have Suzuka back and she comes on a sad kid. Yeah. The grudge is underplayed in this movie. Yeah. That's my, that's one of my other big critiques. And the sad kid's getting bullied by some other kids. And they basically force him into the dreaded house. They cut the wire on the fence that holds them back. Yeah. It's like a dare for kids. They go and they push them in and they end up going in the house and... This is not a really well done little scare sequence. It's kind of blunt. You know. He sees Toshio pretty much immediately. Yeah, yeah. The grudge ghosts are right on him. It's a, it's a gnarly scare, though. Yeah, there's one nice scare, but that's about it. The sad boy, he kind of embraces the house in a weird way because he takes a rock and he throws it at the bully and, and then shuts the door back into the cursed house. Yeah. And he hides. And they go in after him. And then one by one, the kids, they start getting got. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, it comes to them pretty quickly. The main bully is left, and they all end up victims. We're back with Yuri and Natsuma and the professor. Yeah, yeah. So we, we're coming back to the situation here. Back mm-hmm. to, this is storyline A, sadly. is there, You know, there's just more focus here. I mean, even like that grudge scare was kind of rushed because we just don't have the time. The professor has hired an exorcist, and she clears her schedule and has vowed to save them both. So this is something new that we're introducing that we're going to try to exercise the, the, the yeah. spirits. Now, we talked about this a little bit in the grudge episode that she's just an unroyal and technically can be exercised, but they don't really explore that in any of the movies. The third American movie does, though. Mm-hmm. But you didn't watch that. No. I did. Good for you. It's the greatest movie ever made. Do you want a medal? It's the best in the series. You're like a movie martyr. You really missed out. Whatever, dude. You, you haven't seen Kaiko kill Shawnee Smith. You haven't lived. You don't even know who Shawnee Smith is. No, do you? I don't. You, you should know who Shawnee Smith is. Should I? She she killed John Kramer for his own. Actually, he didn't kill John Kramer. You do you know who John Kramer is? No. Jesus Christ! You are gonna hate when we have to do the Saw movies. That's that's where she's famous from. Ugh. And the Blob. She was in the Blob. We covered her. I like the Blob. She was also on a show called Becker. 
Uh, I got a Becker reference in. I'm happy about that. Oh my god. Right now, I want you to know in editing, I'm putting the Becker theme song underneath us. And so I'm jamming that right now. You you can't hear it, but I can. Whatever. Mm. They go through this ceremony where she forces Natsuma to drink a shit ton of water. <laughs> Yeah. She, like, drowns like, her. Take it all, bitch. So she waterboards her. <laughs> and then she throws water in her face. Yeah, yeah. This scene is fucking wild. I'm yeah. like, I was like, is this? do I have to pay extra for this? What is this? Finally, the ghost comes through Natsuma. And Sadako is possessing the girl. So Sadako can possess. Yeah. I'm okay with Two helpers yeah. with exorcists snap their own necks. And then the exorcist basically says she's failed and dies. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, I have failed. I will now leave the mortal coil. Yeah. So they're fucked. Mm-hmm. Gary asked Natsuma to give her the tape, and that should save her. So she does, and Yuri goes off with the tape. Yuri watches the tape, and you see more of it this time, and it's Sadako. She makes her presence known. Yeah, yeah. The curse is increasing in power, so she can show more, I suppose. Mm-hmm. I guess it works in the same way in the American version, too. She gets her phone call, and then my favorite character in the entire movie shows up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where it gets a little fun. Kaizo. Kaizo! With a strange blind kid. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like a duo that fights demons. Yeah, He's yeah. Like they, Constantine they, of Japan. Yeah, basically, that's who he is. He's yeah. like paranormal investigators, but they, they're really fighting some demons out there. Trying to save people's lives! They start assessing the situation. Kaizo's pretty awesome, though. He starts ripping curses off and out of people, left and right. Kaizo leaves them eventually and says, call him if, if anything crazy happens, basically. And they start going off to figure out how they're going to fight their, this, both curses. Yeah, so this movie does slow down a bit while we're basically trying to figure out how they're going to do this, which yeah. is kind of a shame. He basically thinks the curse can be lifted by an evil fight. Yeah, yeah, this is his whole point. They want to get the curse to fight the other curse, the grudge to fight the ring. And it's not necessarily a bad idea. As a matter of fact, it's probably the best idea they got at this moment in time. It's a big risk, but you got, you got to play for risk at this moment. Usually these work out in movies. Yuri, we're, we're, who we're now back with, this, this yeah, we're, movie we go back and forth, back and forth yeah, between We have storyline A, storyline B. Yeah. Yuri's in the shower and starts getting haunted by Sadako. Yeah. Kaizo ends up at the cursed house. They don't go inside, but they send Toshio and Kayoko. They go to a well, and they say... Now, is this the well that she died in? I don't know. Because the movie strongly implies it is. Yeah. They're like, what luck? I was like, no, the well is not directly behind the Sayako house. Yeah. That is not a fucking thing. No. You cannot just say that. Like This reminds... I, I think it like... And once again, I'm going back to Freddy versus Jason. Like, Jason just walks over to Springwood, right? Mm-hmm. That is in California, I believe, right? Yeah, this movie doesn't have a very good yeah. sense of geography. Yeah, because like I always complain about that because I'm like, that should be in California where Wes Craven wrote that, and uh, Crystal Lake is in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Like, Jason would have to walk thousands of miles. <laughs> but either, either way, it's kind of whatever. This is sort of that same thing. Like, hey, why would you put these together? That doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But here, hey, listen, they, they, we got to hit 90 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> They're basically going to use the well as a last resort, but they they have that in their pocket in case they need it. They have it in their pocket. The blind girl, she tells Suzuka not to go into the house and that she knows she's drawn to it, but just not to go in. And then Kaizo is basically like, she's going to die. We're back with Natsuma, 
who admits that she made a DVD copy of the cursed video and that she's uploaded it to the internet. She doesn't care about it. She doesn't care about killing a bunch of people. She doesn't care about anything. She just wants to get it over with. I guess that I could kind of appreciate, you know? Yeah. She locks herself in a room with a belt and she goes about trying to kill herself, but Sadako stops her. Yeah, like she just she wanted to basically like shortchange Sadako. Yeah. She was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna die. fuck you. You can't fire me. I quit. Was yeah. basically her logic here, but it doesn't work. No, she ends up dying and she dies in in anyways, but yeah. by Sadako's. Yeah, in, in the noose, but just by Sadako's eye. I was gonna say by hand, by eye. Kaizo shows up and he's like basically tells us what we've we already know. You you can't cheat a curse. The blind girl senses Suzuka, Suzuka is in danger, the girl that lives next to the cursed house. Yeah, she just automatically knows that she has the, the grudge curse on her. Suzuka is looking at the window of the cursed house, and she thinks she sees somebody in the window. Yeah. So she's like, okay, I've got to go investigate. She's just drawn to that house. And she goes, she goes inside, she goes upstairs, the cat shows up. She goes into a room and sees a boy, but it's not a boy, it's Toshio. It's a pretty good scare, I guess. She screams. Her parents yeah, come yeah, after that's her. That's a fair assessment of it. Yeah. The baddies show up. Kayoko takes the parents. Yeah, I think this is... Um, did she teleport in that house? Do I remember that correctly? Or does she walk in that house? She walks in. Okay, I, I thought she was like in her house and she like looked over and then she like teleported. No. Okay, that's. I guess I was thinking about... <laughs> we've seen a lot of these movies, so maybe yeah. I'm confusing the element for another one. Sorry, guys. But... I do like how the parents, how the dad is killed. He gets his neck like stretched out. Yeah. That's kind of neat. And then uh, the mom's legs just turn to stone for some reason. She can't get out of the house. Yeah. Toshio, like he jumps on your shoulders and yeah. fucks with your head. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's given like an attack ability in this yeah. movie, even though he doesn't get to attack Sadako at all. Sh- Kaizo shows up and throws Sadako inside and Kaizo and Kayako retreats and Suzuki's mom gets got basically. Gets got. Gets got. My way of saying they got killed. Yeah. What do they toss in the house? Oh, they toss the, the spirit of it. Yeah. yeah. I forget what he puts it in, but it's like a sack. Yeah. A magic sack. The Kaizo thinks the two curses will fight each other. A magic sack. And that would move the curse entirely. Yeah, sure, why not? And then then they start prepping, so we get a prep scene. Yeah, we all, we need a montage. Montage. Suzuka says she's afraid. Terrified. Kaizo puts them in the house with a camera phone. They set up a VCR with the cursed tape and watch it. Both of them. Both of them have to watch it in order for the curse to work. Crazy shit starts happening, but Suzuka continues to watch the tape. Suzuka comes out. Sadako comes out of the TV and grabs Toshio and pulls him through the TV. So Toshio is a jobber. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I wanted to note about this movie. She just sort of grabs him and pulls him in. And like, that's it. He's done for the fight. Yeah. He only shows up when everything is over. At the end. Yeah. He, he's done. Like she, he will no longer be of service. I was waiting for him to come in and like do something, but he does not. Sadako comes out of the TV and Kayako starts coming down the stairs. Kayako makes light work of Sadako, but yeah, all, she gives her like a bulldog right in yeah. the floor and then like drags her. All is not lost. Sadako puts her hair tendrils in her mouth and bursts her in. Like explodes. Yeah, it gives her the eye and she just explodes. She bursts into a bunch of hair. Yeah. Sadako appears to have one, but Kaiko smashes the tape. Yeah, she just Kaiko just respawns in the house because you can't kill her because she's a ghost. Yeah. And so she comes in and just starts smashing the tape, which pisses off Sadako because she needs to make copies of that. Mm-hmm. Kaizo com- shows up and saves the day. Yeah. They run to the well. He doesn't save the day. He saves them. Well, 
You, <laughs> you we don't know. Yeah, At the yeah. time, he saves the day. They go to the well. Kaiser tells them one will have to be sacrificed to end the curse. Yeah, he's like, I, I, it failed. It's not going to work. When are you going to die? Just flip a coin. They will have to be possessed and locked in the well with, and Yuri volunteers because she's the one that started. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, started this whole thing. Sadako and Kyoko show up. They go towards one another and Yuri drops into the well. Yeah, like they run. Even though Kaiko has a broken ankle, she runs like as fast as they can and she jumps in, just avoids them. And the two of them merge in like one ghost ball spirit. Mm-hmm. One on Royo donut hole, basically. Yeah, they basically combine to make this big giant creature in the movie. Ends. Yeah, yeah. They go down, they possess uh, Yuri. And there's a nice shot of her, like one single tear running down her face as they possess her. And they use the flimsiest spiritual cover to cover the well. And it does not work. She emerges as Kayado, I think is what the technical term is. Yeah. That's the both of them combined. And they, she's, you know, Sadako making the grudge noise, basically. Mm-hmm. With a little bit of the plastic wrapped around her. They're combined as one in some ultimate spirit. That was it. And that's how it ends. Yeah, and it has a dark ending, which I like. Like, the world's kind of fucked, I guess. Yeah. Like, uh, I guess that's kind of nice. But this was just okay. Nobody won. This was just okay. The first movie was a, was a two. This movie's like a f- four. I enjoyed it a little bit more. I'd call it a six. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I think I wasn't as enamored with it. Like, you know, in between those moments, the fight wasn't really a whole lot. So, I, you know, I, I couldn't even find a whole lot necessarily criticizing it. I mean, there's some dumb things in it, but, you know, it's not as dumb as Ring. So I'll give it that. It at least knew it was trying to be a little bit of campy fun. All right. So for our reviews for this movie, for The Ring's 3.5 user review... 8% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 4.5 out of 10 on IMDb. Sadako versus Kayako, 50% on Rotten Tomatoes, 5.1 out of 10 on IMDb. So it got a little bit better ratings. Mm-hmm. I went for two, 10 star reviews on both. Here's the first one. Now, whilst I think it's the best sequel to The Ring, I haven't had a chance to see of any of the Sadako movies or Spiral, being they aren't available in my country. I consider the American Ring a masterpiece in horror. It changed the game. Whilst The Ring 2 wasn't great, it was a decent watch. Now this one I wouldn't class as a masterpiece by any means, but I think the film is a lot of fun. The whole thing, Gabriel finding the tape and doing an investigation into the afterlife, was fascinating. Kind of wished he had stayed around a little long. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Though I understand the reason they decided to go that route they did. The investigation part seems to be a big part of the franchise now. It yes. was good finding out how about how, who her father was. Wasn't. We did a similar thing with the mother and two, but there really wasn't a payoff whilst in this holy hell they, that finally was amazing. That, that is true. There, there's no the payoff in the second movie. There's no payoff to that. Whilst, whilst, whilst. Willist. Not sure it would have been that impactful without Vincent D'Onofrio, but yeah, he really delivered, as did Johnny Galecko. Johnny Galecko, that was that guy's name. Yeah. I do find it funny that one out of the three of the American movies, the first one was the only one to focus on Samara being scary. And this, for the most part, she she's there, but the scares come from her mother and the visions. And by the end of it, it's clear who the villain was of the story. It's a shame this didn't get a sequel. I would have really liked to see where they took the series after that ending. I was fascinated by extras on the Blu-ray as well. It's clear that everyone working on it was having a blast and really enjoyed themselves. I think shows that the finished product, whilst there wasn't in a masterpiece like The Ring or even Birthday, is the best sequel, given that Birthday is a prequel. 
whatever. <laughs> whatever, dude. No, no. I mean, he's entitled to opinion, but you know, I I disagree. I suppose he wants like, a sequel of that movie. Yeah, I don't want any more rings. No. Yeah. Rings. I'm, I'm, yeah. Leave, leave leave the franchise dead or just reboot the story again. Well, it'll be tough to do now. Actually, it'd be more interesting now if you had like an ancient VHS tape. All right, and here is a 10-star review for Sudoku versus Kyoko. There wasn't a whole lot of good reviews. No, I can imagine. There I wasn't a whole lot of reviews on this movie, period. Crossover between the Ring and the Grudge franchises. Long story short, we have two girls. One has fallen victim to the curse of Sudoku and is due to die soon. The other has become a target for Kyoko's rage. A cool master exorcist, kind of like a Japanese John Constantine, comes out up with a plan to free both girls from their fates. He'll put them both in the grudge house together and have them both watch the cursed video. That way, they'll both be subject to both curses. Sudoku and Kayako will then show up, battle each other as rivals for the girls' souls, and destroy each other. What could possibly go wrong? I loved this. They actually put a lot of thought into the story, and the performances are, well, are, are all good. And honestly, seeing Sudoku slowly draw herself up for a full height as she faces Kayako crawling down the stairs towards her is unbelievably awesome. Well, it's got really marked out for that. I just, you know, I just don't think the story was really worth it for, I guess, the fight. It needed a little bit more camp, I guess. It tried to have some scares early on, which I thought was interesting, but those lost momentum, too, for me. Yeah. So that'd be the one thing I guess I would say. It just lost momentum. Yeah. Um. There should, I, I wish there would have been more of a fight between the two of them, but it. I, I, I didn't hate the movie. It was better expected. Yeah, I will say that. I expected real trash. Like, there was going to be two bad movies, and this was at least more enjoyable than uh, Rings, and certainly more enjoyable than something like... It's on par with, like, The Ring 2, I suppose. It's, you know... <laughs> I don't know where necessarily it ranks entirely in the Japanese series of Ringu, but, you know, it, it wasn't the worst, so I will say that about it. And with that, our J-Horror exploration is over for 2023. Trust me, no more J-Horrors this year. Yeah. And I know you guys are used to Ebert, but sadly, Ebert was dead by the time The Ring Rings yeah. came out, so... There is no review for Rings or Kayako versus Sadako, even though he probably wouldn't review that anyway. No. So with that being said, do you have any final thoughts? Nope. All right. So, uh, Meredith, what are your socials? I don't have any. That's right. Fuck social media. But if you do like social media and want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us at Gritty Reboot, and that's at Instagram and on TikTok. And you can ask us any question or whatever you like. And, of course, by all means, please give us a, uh, a review, a rating. Uh, subscribe to the show if you can. You know, any sort of feedback is always appreciated. We very much appreciate it. Yeah. Even if it's bad, it's good feedback if it's bad feedback too. Yeah. Anything. Seriously. So uh, with that being said, guys, um, we are done with J-Horror and we will see you guys next week when we start breaking down more non-horror reboots. Whoop, whoop. All right. See you guys. <laughs>